Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello there, and welcome to the First Things First podcast, where we take time to sit down with people from First Shallow Water and get to know them better. These are people that you worship with people you sit in the bleachers with, people that you pass in the store and probably park beside in the Sonic. And so we are excited today to have an opportunity to get to visit with one of our special members, Mr. Drumroll, please, Bart Greer. Hello. Hello, Bart. We're so excited to get you uh, back at the mic. This is our second time to try to record Bart, we had technical difficulty in the first time, and we didn't want to miss the opportunity, so. Well, we got rid of Brad, so <laughs> maybe it all worked better. Yeah. yeah, so we probably should point out, this isn't your typical host, Pastor Brad Miles. Um, I'm Anna Jackson, and I'm getting to be the guest host, and I'm super excited because I get to talk to a friend today, yeah. so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it as well. Well, thanks for being here. So let's just start off, um, people want to know more about who Bart Greer is. So tell us about yourself, Bart. Well, I grew up in Plainview, uh, grew up in the church, First Baptist Church, Plainview, and uh, then worked different things, went to tech, and then went on to uh, got in the banking business. And about the same time I did that, I, I'd met my wife, Shonda, and uh, and we were living in Hazel, Texas, and then moved back to Lubbock, then back to Plainview. And then I started farming in 1990 and and still farm a little bit to this day. So so uh, I've always tried to figure out kind of what that timeline was. So you did the banking first and then the farming? That's right. Or farming was yeah, no, moving into it all along? No, the, the farming came in 1990, and I, I was banking from like 81 to... 1990. All right. I've always so, wondered which came first, the chicken yeah. or the egg. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yep. that's good stuff. And you get to farm a little bit now with your boys. I, I have two sons. Uh, t- Shonda and I got married. That came first. Oh, that's a good thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm that sure came your parents first. are glad. Yeah. And we uh, we got married in 1983 and uh, lived in Azel at the time. And, uh, and then... <clears throat> I've, I've told this story before, but uh, both of our sons are adopted. We uh, we both we got them at birth, uh, Tate, uh, and then he, uh, then Blake came, and uh, and we did that through Buckner's, and Buckner's was so good. They they helped us so much, and and uh, I can touch on all of that in a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then. Uh, my two sons have married two wonderful Christian girls. I'm just so proud of them. And uh, Tate married Jennifer Rasco, and who's a local girl. A local girl, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and Blake married uh, Christian Nowert, and and they're once again they are great moms and and such good Christian moms, and I'm so proud of all of them. That's such a blessing, and to know that um, the parents of those girls were praying into them all those years while you were praying into your boys. Yes, it's, it's, With, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, uh, you know, I was praying for uh, uh, a good, good Christian 
girls and and i got one of them well they had the name christian in it and they're really? also good christian so it worked oh, out good. well that's cool <laughs> and you got some pretty good in-laws in the package so. oh yeah i got great in-laws the rascos here yeah. are great and then christian's mom and dad uh, in stanford uh, her dad was a great christian man he's passed away since uh, they got married but he was a wonderful uh example for me as well as uh his family yeah what a blessing to be able to say that yeah every time we talk i always feel like somehow our paths have already kind of crossed because my grandmother was secretary at the first baptist sure. church Plainview. my daddy grew up there and so i feel like y'all probably slid some of the down some of the same banisters oh, and yeah. some of those kinds i know some of the same slides right yeah, at that's right schools. yeah <laughs> yeah you know? we've talked about that yeah yeah, yeah. without so, a doubt yeah, yeah. good times so. and it, it's fun to grow up in a in a place like that that's right yeah it was I, and about my salvation, I don't know if you're ready to move. To yeah, this. yeah. And so how did you come to faith in Christ? Well, you know, um, I was raised again in, in the Baptist church there and uh, uh, went to Sunday school as far as I, it seemed like every Sunday. It was close to it. And yeah. uh, and when I was seven years old, uh, I walked down to the front of the church and, and told uh, Dr. Roy McClung that, mm. that I wanted to except Jesus, and uh, I, there was also another uh, boy. That he was about two years older than me. He went down the same time, and and I, and often I wondered if why I went down because I don't know that I actually felt the call, you know, and felt it. And uh, but I went down, and then a few li- oh, time later, a few days later, uh, I was going to go meet with Doctor McClung, my mom and I, and and. Uh, as I was leaving the house, my dad came to me, and and this is one of the most important decisions I think in my life. He mm-hmm. he just told me he said, "This is the most important decision you'll ever make," mm-hmm. and and that just stuck with me uh, even today. But yeah. uh, I thought about that even later in in my life, and I wound up getting baptized a few weeks later after visiting with Doctor McClung, and then, but there was something missing. I didn't know, and and listen to these podcasts and talking to other people. It's amazing how many uh, stories are just like this. Yeah. But but I really had never turned my life over to Christ. Mm-hmm. I I don't feel it like and and uh, my mom and I we would go to church and and uh, on Sunday nights and we would sing, but we they kept moving us further back. They really didn't, but <laughs> but, we, but we knew because neither one of us could sing a lick. And but anyway, it, those were special times. Yeah, I'm I'm the youngest of of four kids, so that was uh, uh, she had time then to to be with me. But yeah. anyway, but both my mom and dad they they saw to it that we were in church and and that thing. But then things happened. I'd gone to tech and. Uh, early on and I just knew that something was missing mm-hmm. and and when I was 18 I accepted Christ then as truly my Lord and Savior and, and I knew what I was doing I, and and I could just I just felt it yeah I don't, it's hard to explain the the power that that is but it, it was it was great yeah. so well it makes me think of something that Brad said just yesterday in his message he was talking about there's a difference between belief in God. And faith in God, you know, 
Yes. That you can have the, I acknowledge that there is a God. You can have that intellectual awareness, but your heart has to be engaged in that process too. That does. And it was evident that it was missing mm. because I, all those years I, I knew, I knew who he was, but I'd never accepted him into my heart. And, and, uh, I'm just so thankful that he, uh, had never left me. Yeah. And, and, and I was able to do that at a later age. Yeah. That's awesome. So talk to me just a little bit more about that. You kind of alluded a little bit to it, but what were some of the things that when you did reach that moment of, Hmm, something's missing, you know, I've got to dig deeper. Kind of tell me more about that, what that process was like for you. Well, I, I went to many revivals, mm-hmm. uh, I, that they had at the church and some, some few others before for that date uh, that I accepted Christ. But I, there was always him drawing me, mm. and I and I never I never made that decision. I just sat there and just and it would eat at me. It mm. really would, you know. And because I, I knew what I needed to do, but for some reason it it took me a few years to actually do it. And and. Uh, there were uh, I had great Sunday school teachers mm-hmm. growing up there that pr- led me to it. I'm sure you know on down the road. Uh, I'll never forget Daryl Tapp. He he was a such a wonderful teacher, mm-hmm. and and he was trying to teach. I think it was about fifth grade boys, and you know we probably weren't <laughs> listening too good, but but he did have a great influence on on me, and 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 there were many many others that mm-hmm. that. Did and I'm just so thankful that I was in a church. Yeah, and 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 I've been able to be in so many great churches since then. And later on, I'm want to talk about this church, but we'll get All to right. that in a little bit. Okay, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, it, you know, there really is that truth there that you know you can have great parents and you can have great teachers and you can have a beautiful church and a great place, but ultimately, it's an individual decision whether we're going to surrender to Christ or not. That's right. And uh, it, his plan is just an amazing plan on, on how he, how God has just worked in each of our lives. And, and, it, but we have to look to him and, and finally I did. Yeah. I was reading something, reading or a podcast, something I was listening to this past week and talked about how um, there are no grandchildren in the kingdom, only children kind of pointing out that fact that, you know, nobody else's faith, it's not my parents' faith or the people that went before me that saves me. You know, it's my personal decision to make him our savior. And thank goodness he is, like you said, so persistent yes. in pursuing us yes, in that. He was. You just mentioned grandkids and boy, I'm in trouble. Oh well, you better <laughs> come back and talk about them then. <laughs> yeah, because they are uh, one of Shonda's most cherished uh, possessions, and uh, yeah, we're just so thankful for them every day. Uh, Tate and Jennifer have two kids; they're uh, seven and six. Motley and Jensen. Uh, Jensen's the oldest grandchild, and then uh, Blake. He has uh, two: a girl and a boy, Willow and Beckett, and uh, they I all live. Their names, yeah. They all live in Florida, and they farm over there, and and I get to go over there and help them from time to time. Usually, they probably 
want me just to call and maybe not come. Oh, I doubt that. I I doubt that. (laughs) But anyway. I'm quite sure you're on their short list of favorite people. Well, I don't know about that, but but we do love our grandkids. They're such a blessing. Yeah. And what a blessing to be close enough that you get to be mom. Because I know you go to ball games and you go to all their stuff all Uh, the time. So. It's That's just really about right, really, you know, the yeah. distance. It's not yeah. next door, but it is close enough. So enough for independence. I think that's yeah. why my parents were glad I chose Wayland to go uh, for college. I was far enough away to not be right next door, but close enough that yeah. they could come get me if they need to. That's right. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, I may have pulled up in front of my dorm one time to find my dad waiting outside yeah, because... Yeah. Yeah, so you weren't that's quite where you were story. supposed to be. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And my sister had come to college, and so now I had somebody else that could discover when I wasn't where uh, I was supposed see. to be and call yeah. home. So, yeah. yeah. But this isn't a podcast about me. We'll get, we'll get back to you and your misbehavior and get off mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, digging into some of the things that you said that you would come back to as we go, um, one of the questions that we always ask is, what are some things that God's done in your life when you felt like he was really stretching you? You know, you, you made your decision at 18. You decided, you know, you personally wanted to surrender to him and believe. Well, what has he done since then? How has he worked in your life? Well, uh, Shonda and I, we we were living in Azle, and uh, uh, we were wanting to start a family. We'd been married a couple of years and start a family, and and we uh, had a hard time getting pregnant, and and had some problems, and and just uh, went to different doctors and different things, and and we turned, but we wound up turning it over to God, which mm-hmm. we should have done from the start we probably did pray for it but but we we knew that we couldn't do it without him Mm -hmm. and it just was one of those things that we knew we had to put our faith in him and trust that he was going to do what was best for us Mm -hmm. and and we did that and and then uh, a couple of years later we we got Tate and he uh, through Buckner's like I said and, and Buckner's just their uh, agency it was in dallas at the time and and they just led us uh through that experience and and taught us so much and and we've been able to apply that to uh raising our kids and i'm just so thankful that it all worked out like it has so and uh, so it just made us rely on rely on him once again yeah so well there's my mind's got a million questions zipping through it that, that I would love to ask you about that. Um, because I think that idea of adoption is such a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, um, certainly as people are listening, you know, Brad always says the tens of tens are listening to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, undoubtedly there's somebody else in, in the audience that is experienced infertility or loss, or, you know, maybe they just want to expand the family that sure. they have. So, um, you know, talk to us a little bit more about um, the lessons God taught you through adoption about His love for you. Well, I, He taught us that He's in, He's in control, and we need to rely on Him mm-hmm. because there's so much stuff that we can't control, mm-hmm. and that and that was one of them. Through doctors, we tried through doctors, and and but He kept telling us. I'll take care of it. Mm. And we just relied on him. Mm. And, uh, I mean, there were, there were times when we thought we were pregnant and I say, well, you, I think you understand but when I say, <laughs> well, yeah. it, it, it's a team effort, but sure. he, uh, 
he just made us re- to wait on him. Yeah. He had it was his timing, and uh, and we didn't always want it to be his timing. We wanted it what we thought was best, but but he had a great plan. Yeah, and and he's and it's worked wonderful. Yeah, his timing is always better. But oh, yeah, that's a hard. Lesson, and that's one that I keep having to learn over and over and over again. I do too. Yeah, every day. I I wish that I could get better at just surrendering my timeline to to his timeline. So, did the boys? Did they always know that they were adopted, or when when did y'all have those conversations? That was another thing. That there was a lady, uh, Billy Shot. She was the uh, head of the adoption at at a. Dallas, but we would have group meetings here like oh, two or three, four times a year. Mm-hmm. But she taught us, she said, your child needs to know that they're adopted. Mm-hmm. You start telling them that when they're day one mm-hmm. and they don't, they don't know uh, if you made a mistake about what, you, how you say oh, it. Yeah. So you get to practice. Ah. And, and we would say, you're, you're, we love you. You're ours. Mm-hmm. You you were adopted. God gave us to you. Uh, we're so thankful for your birth mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's nothing to hide. You know, she would she would tell us that, and 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 so it it really became easy. And and both of the boys they uh, they accepted it. Uh, never was uh, say I'm going to go find my birth mother you know because yeah. you're you're making me <laughs> eat all my food or whatever yeah, you know? yeah. so but anyway the, it w- it was really really good and uh, uh buckner had a way that if they wanted to see who their birth mother was that they could mm-hmm. if their birth birth mother wanted them to right. see so it had to be a two-way street but there was a book and and at 18 they had to be 18 before they could do it. a lot of that has changed today that where there's more open adoptions and mm-hmm. stuff but but it worked out well for us, and and uh, the other thing, uh, Mrs. Shot told us. She said, "Those those boys, they will always know who their mother and daddy are." Mm. Talking about us, yeah. no matter no matter what happens, and and I think it it was right. Yeah, it, just being in the community of all those other adoptive parents, and and the trials and stuff they went through, it Buckner's made it really really great. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so again, I got a million things going through my head. Um, the one thing that's just screaming out that I would be amiss if I didn't connect is that you and I are adopted too. We are adopted. Yeah. So yeah. It, it we were adopted into the family of Christ. Yes. And then and you said before we started that sometimes you get emotional, but that's kind of making me emotional just to yeah. think about the fact that he selected us just like you and Shonda got to select your children. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, that that he, he sees that old boy running around doing things he shouldn't have, but he still want he loved me and he still wanted me yeah. to to follow him. Yeah. Which is a beautiful picture. It is. And then y'all are getting to live out that beautiful picture yeah. by doing the same. Yeah. Um which is so pleasing to God. You know, yeah. we know that we're supposed to take care of the widows and orphans and, you know, adoption is part of taking That's... care of, of those. I love what you said too, about, um, honoring the birth mothers. Yes. Talk to me about that a little bit more. 
Well, we were uh, in that process. We were able to go to uh, Buckner's had a, a maternity home in San Antonio, mm. and we were able to go there, and we were met with about 10 birth mothers mm-hmm. that were in that home. None of them were going to be our our birth mother mm-hmm. uh, of our child's, our kids. But we got to meet them. They got to meet us, and it was in along with some other uh, prospective uh, parents. But we... We got to see the reason they did put them up for adoption was because they loved them. Yeah. And they made it so clear that that they wanted what was best. They knew that they had made a mistake, you know, but but they wanted what was best for, for the child that they were carrying. Mm-hmm. And, and on the other side, they were able to talk to us and see that we we had this love that we wanted to give them. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a really a special time in in that whole journey and uh and i'll never forget it and anyway i i hope that uh they feel the same and i think they do because it was just evident that that they knew they made the right decision yeah that's beautiful um that makes me think also about how you know, just like there are probably people in the audience listening that um, have dealt with fertility issues or infertility issues and are, are coming along. There may be people who have found themselves in the position of um, being pregnant in a time that that was not expected in their life, um, not on their timing, maybe circumstances that were not the best. Um, but it points again to God's redemptive love. That's right. That... Um, no matter what the circumstance, he can use all things. He does. He uses them yeah. and, and blesses us in so many different ways. If we'll trust him. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So whether you're somebody that in your faith walk right now, you are feeling like, I need things to happen. I need things to happen. You know, we can learn from your story that trust God's timing, you yeah. know, that he's, he's going to provide. And if you're on the side of the equation where you feel like you've made a terrible mistake uh, in whatever your circumstances are, you can trust God's redemptive love. It's, it's amazing. His grace is, he just, we just have to turn it over to him. I mean, we, we're all sinners and, and we mess up. And, and, uh, and even today, I know before uh, Brad and I, we've talked about our, about our church, there, there's no one in our church that is that hadn't sinned and doesn't mm-hmm. sin. Definitely. And and so people just need to know that you're welcome here, mm-hmm. you, and you're not looked down upon. You're and and just come and and you'll feel the love of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're you know we cannot even pretend to have yeah. it together. That's right. No. <laughs> so come no. on, join yeah. us. That's right. <laughs> you can swap stories with Brad and I. Yeah. And we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. make you feel better about yeah. where you are in your situation. Um, so can you think of some other times that maybe God has stretched you since uh, you surrendered your life to him? Well, I don't, I don't know of many, uh, many earth shattering kind of deals, really. I, he has always been there. We have trusted him. That's not to say that there there's not problems. I mean, when you raise kids, there's problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, but they're good. My kids are good. But still, it's and, and parenting just 
they were better kids than I was a parent, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so just those things whenever things happen and and just having to rely on him and, and turn to him, it ought to be every day that I need to stop and and just take more time and say, God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I go through peaks and valleys of doing that, but uh, that that's one thing. Uh, and then I, we talked about uh, the mission trip. I mean that that uh, that's one thing that I I don't I want to talk to more about. But yeah. as far as markers, uh, I I do have things but the the mission trip i didn't sign up to go i thought hell i'm not gonna go there there were so many that went that first meeting and they thought that that they were gonna go and we only needed about 30 and and uh, and so i thought well we'll let them go both shonda and i you know let the others go yeah and and we're talking about a mission trip to belize that's right that we got to go on during this past summer that's right yeah. need, need to fill that in so <laughs> but I don't know if you're ready to talk about Belize or sure. not. But. Well, can I ask you one more question uh, yeah. and then we'll hop to Belize? Yeah. One other thing that you said when you were talking about the adoption process that is something that is super important in um, my personal opinion, but I also think uh, it's proven beyond just being Anna Jackson's personal opinion. But you talked about community when you were going through that process that you guys had a community that yeah. were going through the similar. Can you talk a little bit more about the impact of community and why that's so important? Yeah, sure. They, uh, the community first was a, we had a, I think it was called South Plains Buckner's Adoption Group, whatever. Denise Thetford, some of y'all may know her. Yeah. She, she was, they adopted through Buckner's and she, she really, uh, helped. She was kind of the chairman of the, of that committee or that group. And, but we, we would meet and we would have different topics that they would talk. We'd have a Christmas party that we might bring gifts and that type of thing. But but people could ask questions and come to find out they were the same questions that we mm-hmm. had, that but we didn't ask. Is. Yeah. It is. And and somebody else had to answer or had an answer. And and so it was just they became our friends mm-hmm. and and we've got to know them, and, and it's just good to uh, lean on one another. Yeah. And to me, that's what community is. It's just helping one another out, and and uh, not only in the adoption, but everything we do. Absolutely, which, coming back to the church, that's when right. we said we were going to circle around and kind of talk about that, that that's what this is supposed to be, right? A community of people coming together, similar situations, yeah. learning the way. That's right, yeah. It it's all just falls right in line, and and if you don't have community, you're missing out. Totally missing just, out. You gotta have it. I mean, our Sunday school yes, lesson yesterday was we were talking about it, and uh, or some of the things, and I'm just thinking about. Uh, I have to rely on my friends, mm-hmm. and uh, whether it be in my in our classes here at church, or or that that community back there in the adoption, or just work friends mm-hmm. you you need to have that relationship and and uh and you it it helps to for them to be a christian yeah but i mean i have some friends that are that aren't christians and and i 
and I just love them, and mm-hmm. and I want I want them to know who Jesus is, yeah. and uh, I mean, but community is so important, and uh, it's more important today than it. It ever was. Yeah. You know, they're calling this kind of the era of loneliness that we're more yeah. connected than we've ever been, yet people are lonelier yeah. than they've ever been. And that wasn't God's intention. He no. built us yeah. for relationships. Yeah. Technology probably doesn't help in a lot of lot of ways. Yeah. So anyway, it's good to see people eye to eye and, and just lean on one another. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is so important. There's accountability in that. There's mentorship in that. Sometimes, um, even in West Texas, you know, we can kind of want to manage things ourselves and pull ourselves yeah. up by our bootstraps, mm-hmm. but but we need one another. And so um, I think you and I, going back, circling back to the mission trip, we found community even in that. So now let's talk all about Everything believes. Well, that, that, that could trip. take two or three hours, really, of all the great things. I go I go in my mind every single day yeah. and think about things that we saw and did and learned. And Yeah. Okay, so y'all were thinking, we'll go, but then there was a big turnout, so you decided we're not going to go. And, and, and then... Those are younger people, a lot of them are. And, I, <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, that might be better. But I'm going to tell about something you did here in a little while when that shows that you were very young at heart. Yeah. They, uh, so we, we didn't, we said no. And then it got to about two or three weeks before it was time to go. And, and there were a, a few people that something came up and they weren't able to go. And, and so I, I think it was Sandy could have been Brad calls me and, and say, Hey, we've got room and, and could you go? We, we would really like for you to go. And I think he said need, and I said, "Well, you don't need need, but I, I'll go." And so uh, I didn't really hesitate long because I really wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got ready and uh, packed up. And I, at that time, I I only went to one meeting, which they had several meetings before. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't know who was going to go and and until nearly we left i was just i was in the same week yeah. as you mm-hmm. i didn't know i was going either until yeah. the week of and yeah. so yeah it, it it was good but from from day one uh at the airport checking in it was great even then one of my i won't i'm not gonna call her by name but i <laughs> she i thought she was moving down there because of her suitcase was I think so... you can call her name. She's already been called out multiple times. <laughs> well, Addie was a uh, was a great uh, great experience, and yeah. and Rayleigh, and and in all of all of them. I hate to single anyone out because, yeah. uh, but we went down there to to help the uh, people at uh, Valley of Peace, but and. And it was a blessing, mm. but but one of the biggest bless I got the blessing. Yeah, and and I think that's how the whole group. Does. There were what twenty five of us about, mm-hmm. and and they uh, we bonded. Oh yeah, like I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, if you ever get a chance out there, y'all need to go. I'm not. I don't know how it could be better than this one, but it's worth a try. I promise you. Yeah. It, it was so good, and those all all twenty five of us. I would say that it made us friends forever. I agree. And uh, and then we did do a lot of hard work. Yes, we did. And but that helped too because everybody 
had a job. Mm-hmm. We didn't know exactly what that job was going to be, but it just worked out. It didn't matter at the age, the, the younger age or the older age. It, it just all worked out, and everybody worked so hard. And I don't think there was one complaint. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear it anyway, but mm-hmm. I can't hear. But <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, truly I I can, and it just uh, it just made made the trip so good. And and I was there with s- some friends, and it just made our uh, friendship even that that much better. Uh, so I had to share a room with Lyndall, and that was pretty tough. But but but, <laughs> but at least mean? you weren't with Brad. Yeah, I wasn't with Brad. Thank goodness, or Sandy, because yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it 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 was so good, and and I often think about those kids mm-hmm. when we went to the school. Y'all had been to one school, I think, that earlier morning, and then we we got over there, and uh, Lyndall and I handed out mangoes to the kids we really were supposed to give them to all of our people to eat but <laughs> but anyway but it they were so glad just mm-hmm. to get a mango mm-hmm. and we're over here we would complain about well it's too ripe or it's not green or yeah it's bruised but, or yeah but they were so yeah so receptive and they were so happy so happy we didn't encounter a single person none that you weren't drawn to yeah their their happiness and their joy it's it was amazing yeah and and I'll never forget it anyway it was hot did we say it hot? <laughs> yeah we didn't mention that but it was hot <laughs> I, we uh, one day when we got to go to the uh another town and it's the Mennonite uh dairy I, I don't remember the name yeah, of it yeah but we walked in and to the air conditioner, you don't know how good that felt. Oh, it felt so good. <laughs> and in the showers, you know, there was not hot water in the showers. Didn't need it. No, no. <laughs> and I didn't. There wasn't a single time. If you, if I had to take a cold shower here, I would complain. But there, mm. man, I was just grateful. <laughs> yeah. And our sleeping arrangements in the place, it might have been a little different than some, but we, it, it would have been hard to sleep normally yeah. there. But we we had worked so hard it it, it, it didn't matter. No, it didn't. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it was so good. It was so good. If if we have another one, another mission trip, I I just want to encourage everybody to sign up and go. There, yeah. you, it's a such a great experience. God blessed us so much on that, mm-hmm. and and we we blessed them going to the orphanage and and there's just mm-hmm. so many stories that uh, I'd love to sit down with you and and tell you each each one of y'all that about it it, yeah. it was great and i encourage you if you're listening you know uh rayleigh and addy that um bart mentioned they did a podcast earlier chelsea mm-hmm. and ian were on the trip they did yeah. one too and you can listen to some of those stories if you haven't gotten to listen to them um but what you said about the bonds that were built i don't know how else you forge bonds that deep that fast i don't either other than just serving god together serving god together and he put his arms around us and said you are one yeah yeah i mean i feel that so much i i agree with you and that's one of the reasons you'll often listeners hear brad say we want you in a grow group we want you in a life group we want you on a serve team it's not 
because we need your work effort or because God needs your work effort. Although that will be a benefit of it. God's work's going to get done, you know, but, um, it's also, it's not limited to that. It's also because your life will be so changed when you serve alongside other people. Without a doubt. I, I, once again, do it. Don't, don't wait. Yeah. Don't, don't think something's coming up. Just do it. Yeah. And thankfully it worked out for me and I was able to get blessed yeah. like that. So. And I'm, I'm, I share that with you. I'm grateful for that. Um, Looking back, I don't think there's one single person that would say, man, I wish I hadn't gone on that trip. It was just so <laughs> I, good. There wasn't. And, and there was such a uh, wide variety of people and, and everything. And uh, every, every one of them, uh, it was a neat experience. And they, every one of them added something greatly to yeah. that, yeah. to it. And. I don't know. I, you know, I talk. I think about Philippi's church. That's in something else that uh, the first day that we were there, that or the second day was a Sunday. We mm-hmm. went to her church, mm-hmm. and her youth oh, led goodness, it. Wasn't that incredible? It was incredible, and and how much they loved the Lord, mm-hmm. and you could just see it. And they and they didn't have anything. Yeah, <laughs> not like we have it. No, so we take way too much for granted. We we do, yeah. we do. It's so much. You know, we went to the Right Now Media Conference, and if you listen to this last week's podcast, Julie and I kind of talked a little bit about some of that. But one of the things that we kept hearing over and over and over is that one of the characteristics of somebody who becomes a resilient disciple is somebody who has been mentored. Um, and that's one reason that in our church, we value being in groups where you've got a cross section of people. We want our young people sitting beside our older people and serving beside people who are not just in the same generation. We got five over five generations of people in this congregation that get to come together and benefit from one another. Talk to me a little bit about what you observed, um, being in that group where we got to kind of be in some mentorship positions. And I know that those have continued in your life and heart, even beyond then. So. We did. We, I mean, these, these younger, uh, I won't call them young adults because mm-hmm. they, they weren't kids, man. They, mm-hmm. they carried their load, but, uh, we do learn from one another. I, I learn from them as much as they learn from me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. But it's, I think it's important for us to set that example that I'm not going down there because uh, I feel an obligation. Uh, it's not that. I'm I, to Belize, and I went down there because I wanted to serve my Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and he had called us, and he calls us to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I hope that whether it be my kids or someone in that group that they could see that's what we wanted we yeah. wanted we wanted to serve yeah and 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 i think that's the way every one of us were mm-hmm. and that's why it worked out so so good yeah so i don't know if that answered your question but no it totally does it yeah. totally does and um where else would you get to sit down with the kids and i agree with you young adults where yeah. else would you have that opportunity to sit down with them and have the kind of conversations we had and get to know them in the same way yeah. we did. It, it was so good the way they planned it uh, and meeting at night. 
Yeah. And tell a little bit about that. Well, if I can remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, every every night we'd have a, uh, a just get together, and, and of course we got to hear Brad play the guitar and sing. Yeah. You know that came first. <laughs> <laughs> and and then we we got to sh- uh, share with one another, and uh, we had uh, beads that that we were going we would hand out and give it to somebody for uh oh five or six different reasons and if if we saw somebody that day that that was just helping beyond normal then we could give them a bead that night and we would tell them i'm giving you this bead that night Mm -hmm. and and it just made us all be more observant with one another and uh and and just learn about uh, others, and and people. Some people would see different things in in di- the same person, yeah. uh, you know. And so, but it 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 just worked out. So that was that was a time that it just made us grow together. Mm-hmm. And and I, we had to tell three things. Mm-hmm. If you may have to help me, what the but uh, like our first memory, first memory, our most uh, memorable, I think, uh-huh. memory. And uh, maybe first memory. Man, memorable. I'm we, drawing blank on the the third. Yeah, well, maybe there are only two. Maybe we'll go with that. <laughs> there were just two. <laughs> but but that was that was pretty cool to get to hear each person speak, and yeah. and I don't know who the who the youngest one there was, Sawyer or so Parker. Hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One one of those two. I guess Sawyer would probably be younger. Anyway, but they but they were just mm-hmm. uh, just as much important and and brought just as much as as these old men, like yeah. a couple of us were. So well, and and on that note of old men, I do have to just say you kind of impressed the young people when you gave a flash of youth as you flipped off of the cliff in the. Underwater cave system. Yeah, my back still hurts, so I didn't <laughs> let anybody know that. Though. <laughs> okay, shh, we won't tell. We'll keep it a secret. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was it was certainly a, a beautiful time, and I'm grateful. It, it was so. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. And you don't have to go to Belize to serve beside somebody. It might be that you do a service project here, you know, that you grab a couple of people and some lawnmowers and you drive up and down the street and find somebody that needs your yard mode and you hop out and do it together. Um, There's plenty everywhere. There is so much. Yeah. So much everywhere. Um, Well, so as we get ready to kind of start wrapping up, I do want to ask you this this question of um, what is it that God is teaching you right now? Hmm. He's he's teaching me patience, always, mm-hmm. and 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 I need that. Uh, I need patience. Uh, he has uh, one one thing that I uh, and I have it written down. But one thing that that I try to do. We have a choice when when we wake up in the morning, and we can either be happy. Or and I'll I'll use the word or we can be grumpy, mm-hmm. and I think for us to share God's love is a whole lot easier when we're happy. Yeah. And so I try to be happy, and 
I, th- I think about our church. Our, we have such a wonderful church, and I, I've been blessed to be able to go to a bunch of different ones. And uh, and but we come out here to First Baptist Shallow Water and just see see the love of of, of this church. And and back to community, we mm-hmm. I see I see Steve one of my best friends, Sandy, one of my best friends, Linda, one of my best friends, Russell, who is such a wonderful teacher in that mm-hmm. community. And, and, and then, and then I watch these people that serve. I see John Everett and, mm-hmm. and, and so many men and women and, and, uh, that serve. And it just, it's just a great example of what God wants done. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just, I want you to go to the Belize, but I want you to come to First Baptist Shallow Water. If you don't have a church home, mm-hmm. come because, like we said, we we just want to love you. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not going to look down on anything. And 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 but I, Brad's sermons, the last, they're always great. Yeah. But it's just, I I'm not I can't recall exactly what it is, but they touch me every every week. Yeah. And. Uh, and I just want to be more like Jesus, yeah. and that and that's what He's got me doing. So, and I don't other things in my life. Uh, I think evangelism needs to be at the forefront mm-hmm. right now. I mean, today's time might not be any worse than it was forty, fifty years ago. Sometimes we think it is. Yeah, it sure feels that way sometimes. But, but regardless. We need to evangelize. We need to lead people to Christ. And Shonda and I are, have been able to uh, be on the pie ministry, on the hospital team. Those are all blessings to us. We may have, we may have helped somebody out, but I, I want the people just to get involved mm-hmm. in our church and just, just be a part. It's a blessing to, to all of us. Yeah. It, it is so good. And, you know, just those connections, people to do life with as part of this adopted family. That's right. That it, it is just something that you'll, you'll never regret. Never. Yeah. No. Yeah. If, if anybody has any questions, I'm, I'm ready to talk to you. Yeah. And he's a good so, one to do it. Yeah. So is there anything that you're thinking, man, Anna, you should have asked me this question. <laughs> Well, any questions that you should ask me? I don't. I don't know. I ramble too much, and but uh, I, ca- I can't think of anything, Anna. Surely you have one or two more. Oh, I have a bunch that we'll do. Maybe we can do off mic. But, <laughs> um, well, I just want to take the opportunity to tell you how much you do mean to me, and how much you mean to this church. Um, you know, he talks about choosing to be happy, and I think that's something Bart, that anybody that knows you or is encountered with you, you do draw people to you with your joy and your happiness and your kindness and your servant attitude. And so, um, I'm just grateful for you and I'm grateful for Belize because I got to know you better in that process and apples of gold. Cause I've gotten to know Shonda better. Yeah. So, um, so many great things. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. good. It's good to be adopted. It is great to be adopted. Yeah. I just want to thank you and, and this staff at this church and, and thank Brad for the way he's leading us. So thank you all. Yeah. 
Well, we do invite you as listeners to be a part of First Shallow Water. We have lots of great things going on. We've got, as we've mentioned, serve teams. We've got connection groups with our grow groups and our life groups. We have activities going on all the time, and we would love for you to plug in. So if you are looking for information, you can find that on firstshallowwater.org. We're also always wanting to pray for you. We have a prayer team that um, responds. Our staff prays each week uh, for you guys. So if there are things we can be praying for you about, be sure and let us know. Um, If you want to know how to plug in, you can contact Bart. You can contact me. We'd be happy to hook you up. But That'd be great. Yeah. But Bart, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we appreciate it. And thanks for all you do. Thank you, Anna. Brad may have a hard time getting the seat back. I know. I kind of, this is fun to get to talk to people. <laughs> you know, talking, I was always checked on my report card, talks too much. So, <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening with us on this uh, version of podcast, First Things First, and um, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.